Welcome to Entrepreneurhood, where we break entrepreneurship down into three simple pillars, business, lifestyle, and motivation. Our goal is to use our personal experiences as industry leaders to guide and inspire young entrepreneurs to see the lesson in every challenge, because we understand that companies don't succeed, people do. Now, welcome the leaders of entrepreneurhood, Lakeham and KB. Welcome to the neighborhood. You got your boy Lake Kim in the building, and I got my brother KB in the building with me. We on episode 22, and we decided to name this episode Strength in the Struggle. KB and I decided to talk about a financial topic because we know in the game of business, finances is something that most people choose not to talk about. Let's attack this issue. KB got the quote of the day, and he's also going to let y'all know why we decided to choose this topic. Today's quote is by Robin Tu. The struggle that you're in today is developing the strength that you need for tomorrow. Don't give up. You can't give up. It's basically mean that your current circumstances is going to help build experience and value for the next chapter in your life. Yeah, that's so true. So the main reason that we chose this topic is to help entrepreneurs understand that there is strength in the struggle. Meaning you might be currently underwater, barely profiting, or even behind on your personal expenses. However, don't let that stop you. Writing down and facing the facts can change your perspective on your whole situation. Yo, KB, man, I felt like I was underwater forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, I feel like this is a topic that, like, really needs to be talked about because when a person is struggling, it's embarrassing. And I feel like a lot of us, we never want to share with other people when we're struggling. We feel that people are going to belittle us and it's something that we tend to keep to ourselves, But as entrepreneurs, we all struggle. Especially when everybody's front on Instagram is everybody has a highlight and you struggling to pay your bills. Like you don't want to share that. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that I know for sure is everybody has their own issues. When everyone is concerned about the problems that they're having and the judgment that other people is probably going to bring to them. Everybody got their own issues. So chances are people not even paying attention to you the way that people think they are. And then the other aspect of it is just being vulnerable with yourself and really stuff in a headspace. Like this is something I need to work on because as entrepreneurs, sometimes we get caught up with just going to the next thing and not really dealing with the situation. Yeah. We jump to the next problem without fixing the first problem. And just create new problems. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what are the three problems we came up with for this episode? The first problem is that I feel like I'm going to be in debt forever. That's talking to my soul, bro. I feel that. So many people you know, are drowned with school loans, personal credit card debt. Or their parents might even put them in a situation that they couldn't even control. They just feel they can't breathe. When they make their monthly payment or minimum payment, it's like throwing water at a wildfire. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that situation. I've been in that situation where you feel like nothing is working. Yeah, as soon as your paycheck comes in, the money's gone. (laughs) Money gone before you even get it. (laughs) (laughs) You start doing the calculations like, yo, I got to pay this. I got to pay this. I owe this person before you even get the check. (laughs) And that's the worst feeling is like when you start adding up the expenses, the expenses is more than the money that's coming in. You don't even want to get the money, bro. And that's where you work on your communication and negotiation skills. <laughs> now, I'm not going to hold you. That's how I really got good at talking to people when things are wrong. Calling Sprint like, 
yo, what do I need to really do to keep my phone on? What do I really need to pay? You need to pay your bill. Like, what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> right, yo, let me speak to the supervisor. I need somebody who can help me. All right. Problem number two is when our entrepreneurs say, I don't even know my break even. I feel like a lot of our entrepreneurs, they're making sales, but they don't even know if their sales are profitable. You got money coming in, but they don't know their game plan on the difference between expenses and revenue. Yeah, that's the part where it gets sticky for a lot of people. You don't know if you're really profiting if you don't really do the numbers and the admin work. I can say for myself, the admin work can be boring, but it's the most important part that keeps the business running and keeps the lights on. Yeah, the worst thing, bro, is when someone be like, yeah, I made 50000 but they spent 60000 to make 50000 It's Come on, bro. Like, what you doing? <laughs> you in the red. That's what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things where you're just doing busy work. You're doing busy stuff, but it's not progressive. It's just really a fluff in numbers. And we want to make sure our entrepreneurs know that having a clear break even is going to help them get to the next step. Definitely. The third problem, oh man, I work so hard and I got nothing to show for it. Now I heard this multiple times from a lot of people who might seem like, you know, they're doing anything on the surface, but this is how they truly feel about themselves. And it hurts to hear them say that. Yeah. It's more of an internal feel. A lot of people go through it. It's really an emotion. So I feel like this problem is just more of an, an emotional problem that we know a lot of people they go through. So we want to talk to the emotions. Let's present the facts. And I think once our entrepreneurs know that we want to fix a lot of these situations with facts and also knowing the, the non-tangible things, just because you don't got nothing to show for it don't mean you ain't accomplished nothing. A fact is that other people really don't care because they have their own problems. You compare yourself to the Joneses and the Joneses is focused on the Joneses. <laughs> so you need to focus on you, bro. A lot of sports fanatics, they focus on all of these professional athlete stats and saying what they did. And it's, bro, what's your stats? You focus on everybody else's stats, focus on yourself. And that's really what it is. The athletes that are in the game, they not focused on the, the people on the sideline, what they got to say, they focus on the game. When you say that, it makes me think of the barbershop talk. People argue down based on who makes the most money, who has the most hit records, guys who sold the most sneakers. And instead of trying to reinvent that conversation, saying, how can we make money? How can we have the biggest investment of the year? It's barbershop talk. It's like you're talking about other people's successes and you're arguing about it, but you don't have none of your own. That's a fact, bro. I think that's one of the big reasons of why like, I cut TV out of my life is because once I understood that the more I watch TV, I'm focusing on helping these other people get rich. I enjoy the entertainment. Once that concept really clicked for me, I was like, yo, I need to spend as much time as I was watching TV. If I spend some of that time focusing on myself, I could have people paying to watch me. And the more time I focus on myself, the closer we can watch LeBron and Courtside Seats. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact, yo. But if we're going to argue about how much LeBron made, how much he made more than Kobe, we're not better than ourselves by doing that. That's a fact, bro. And I think, like, those are the, the big problems. So let's talk about this for our listeners. Let's tell them some of our personal experiences, because I'm sure you and me, we got a lot of different examples that we could talk about related to all three of these problems. Start us off with that first experience. According to problem one about being in debt forever, I want to ask you, do you remember when you got your first credit card? Yeah, first credit card, uh, I got it in college. It was a, a Discover credit card. 
I remember that. And how did that go? I don't even know. I think someone came up to me and told me the concept of a credit card. I never knew what a credit card was. And I thought that credit card was uh, free money. <laughs> <laughs> when they told me that once you apply for a credit card, you're going to have instant access to money. I don't think people made it clear that I got to pay that money back. I wilded out on my first credit card. And what's crazy is before I got the credit card, I told myself I wasn't going to max it out. I was like, don't max it out. Don't max it out. And I maxed that thing out, bro. Discover really be prowling on kids because that was my first credit card too. And I'll never forget it. It was my favorite credit card. One, I got it as soon as I, I got out of high school. And I ordered it. They sent me in the mail like, oh, you could get up to 2000 3000 So I was like, let me fill it out. And when I got it, it was a black monogram mm. and platinum. It had my initials right in the middle. The black card? <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is nice. They gave me $750. i am like, all right, cool. I'm going to use it as a debit card because the only reason I knew about credit a little bit because we had a little segment in high school, I'll never forget Miss Hansine, that taught us about credit for two weeks. I remember a little bit about it and she said how she was in debt, how she paid stuff off. And I'm like, I'm not going to do what Miss Hansine did because she already gave me the game. She gave me a lesson. <laughs> but I didn't have a job. So this is the thing. I was using it for necessary things, but I just couldn't find a way to pay it back. I was buying food. I did buy like one pair of sneakers. But besides that, I was buying food. I was buying Metro cards because I didn't have a school Metro no more after high school. So I was trying to be responsible, but I ran that joint up so much. <laughs> it took me about four years of being. <laughs> Yo, Discover is grimy, man. My first credit card with Discover was a student credit card and they made it feel like the credit card was meant for me because I'm like, I'm a student. They said that there's no fees, no like annual fees. You just, you apply, you get approved and you get the money, bro. And uh, the same exact thing happened to me, man. Like, what? Why I ain't hear that high school class about credit? Where was I at? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I was in the top class in high school, so I don't know. <laughs> but the thing about it is that they gave me the increase, and I always took the increase. I couldn't stop the bleeding. Every chance I get, I'll throw the minimum payment at it, and nothing happened. And I was like, I have to do something about this. So it wasn't until probably like four years later, I think I ran it up to probably like five thousand dollars. What? Yeah, took me a while to pay it off. But when I paid it off, I felt so free. And I ended up getting another credit card from Capital One. And then from there, I was like, I'm never going back into that type of debt. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. Wait, you owe Capital One money too? But this is different now. I was investing in my business. <laughs> so I was invested in real estate. I didn't know after real estate, you take your test, but they have these fees when you become a part of a board and you become a realtor. I'm like, I didn't sell a house yet. But I had to pay $600 one time and another 600 And it's like, if I don't pay these fees, then I won't be an official realtor. So I have to bet on myself. Yeah, I, I ran it up again. <laughs> Wait, how much did you end up running that thing up to? That was like 7000 Wait, was that on top of Discover or you paid Discover off? No, nah, I paid Discover. But the 7000 just accumulated a little faster this time because it's 27% interest. Oh, snap. Yeah, it was APR was crazy. It was disrespectful with the interest rate. It was rough. That's what I was telling people. Like, getting out of debt is being born again. Yeah, bro. And that's a big thing, too, is I feel like before someone gets a credit card, not only should they learn about it, but then they should also understand the importance of interest. I feel like that's so not talked about because when you're uneducated in that, like you say, 
what you just said, you attempted to run that thing up. For me, when I got started in business, man, and I felt like I was going to be in debt forever, was I started my business with about $6,000 in credit card debt. Like I wasn't in the business in the whole, I was personally, and then business-wise, I had a little bit of money until like my third month. So then my third month, my business account went from $10,000 to the negative. I was negative in my personal and I was negative in the business. Bro, like I saw nothing but red. I was the overdraft king. Like my business, it was just scary, bro. Like I was in such a dark place because when you're in a situation like that, and I remember this like distinctly that when I was in such a, a place of, I felt like I got so far that I, I couldn't climb out of the hole, I would drive by certain nice places and I would just be like, damn, I'll never be able to eat at that restaurant. Mm. Or man, I'll never be able to afford this. So you see that car, I'll never be able to drive that. And it got so bad that I almost lost hope because I just felt like the debt was just going to continue to climb. And I just didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, those are dark days that you'll never forget. And I think those days matter. When you actually do reach the other side, you appreciate it so much more. Those moments is you talking to yourself. You could talk yourself into it or you could talk yourself out of it. And I think that was my toughest part was like, when you in the picture, one of the things I always say is that you can't see the picture when you in the frame. My biggest thing is I was in debt. I was so in, consumed by the picture that I felt like there was no out. And I know a lot of my entrepreneurs, they might feel like that or they, they felt like that in the past or they currently feel like it. So do you remember how you felt when your debt was the highest? What was the most money you've owed at one point before you became debt free? Because you made it clear that you worked your ass off to, to get yourself out of the hole. But like, how bad was it? It depends what bills you want to look at. <laughs> you don't look at all of them at once. Sally Mae, I wasn't worried about her. I'm like, she going to get hers when she gets hers. I only care about Capital One, Brent, Discover, if it was a rough patch. I talked to so many supervisors, so many different type of plans where it's like, yo, I'm in a relief. I need a, a debt relief program. It was pretty bad. So I would say the most I had at once together, probably 18000 And most of it was like personal. And I had a, like school loans, not too many school loans because I dropped out the first semester. <laughs> You're a smart man, bro. Like at that point, I thought you was crazy. But like looking back on it, man, that was such a smart move, bro. Yeah. And I had some, some health credit card debt. I got contacts and I got glasses, but I didn't, couldn't put in my contacts for six months. So I ended up paying for them. And I'm like, yo, I have to learn how to use these or I'm just, you know, wasting my money. Yeah. I had credit card debt, health credit card debt personal debt. Yeah. And that, that was pretty much it. How did that feel? At one point it was $18,000. That's how deep the hole was. Yeah. It felt terrible. It felt like I was just working for nothing. What made it feel worse is that people thought I was really doing my thing, which I was, but I wasn't you no know, profitable at the time. So when people see me training all these different people and I'm like, Oh, you're doing good. You're doing good. You're doing great. And that's, yo, if y'all would have seen my real situation, how it is, Besides the personal debt, I still have to have household expenses that I'm accounted for. It made me more strategic. So if I couldn't pay my phone bill, if I can't pay this, then I can't get, if I have no way of getting money. I used to swipe for my phone in order to pay for rent. Cause I like, if I get my phone, then I'd be able to contact people. Contact people so I can get money. 
And then from there, I used my, utilize my phone to help pay for my rent. And it just made me more strategic about facing bills and how we gonna go about this. Not just, all right, I don't wanna look at this. You try to figure out a way. And that's why there's so much beauty within the struggle. That plays a huge role on the, there's beauty in it and there's strength in it. Because I feel like a lot of the, those dark places and those dark times helped us appreciate stuff when you get to the other side. Like for me, I think the worst I've ever been in credit card debt was about $28,000. The reason why that happened was because I got accustomed to living a certain lifestyle. When the lifestyle slowed down, I just kept swiping. I just kept kept swiping and swiping. Man, it was bad, man. It, It was something that felt like I had an addiction. I couldn't come to the the realization that things ain't the same like how they used to. It's both sides to it. It's some entrepreneurs that they do well. And then when the money dry up, they continue pretending that they're in the same situation. Or there's the entrepreneurs that's never done well and has had access to a little bit of money. And then they pretend that the situation isn't what it is. When I was going through it, I was like, you know what? I got to change everything about my situation, how I spend money. To a point where if it was free, I was there. Because <laughs> I, I knew I wanted to be out of this. And I know it was possible. Because so many people around you, depending on the environment, they'll rationalize being in crazy debt. Oh, it's no problem. Don't worry about it. Just pay the minimum. And it's always going to be like that. I knew that there was an the other side of this. There's more to life than that, yeah. Exactly, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do whatever it takes. I don't even care. Like, go out to eat to a buffet. I'm trying to take some food home. (laughs) That's how frugal I was. Cause I'm like, I I have to get out of this. And if I don't do certain changes, then I'm not gonna get out. But that's the most humbling thing is most people, they're not willing to know that my situation is not that good. So let let me actually start planning for the next my next move and my next move is I got to make sure I know how to eat tomorrow. That's a huge part, man. And I think that when we start providing some of the solutions, hopefully our entrepreneurs, they know that they're not alone. Being in debt or feel like you're going to be in debt forever is not something that you're the only one going through. We all went through it. And on the surface right now, we know there's a lot of people that want to be in your shoes and my shoes, but they're not willing to go through some of the experiences we went through. To get into the second problem, I don't know my break even. I got a question for you, Lay. You ever felt like you were living to pay bills? Again, I keep reverting to my first six months in business, man. But I really felt because I got to entrepreneurship so quickly, I didn't understand a lot of the stuff that I should have understood. Whenever it came to like me receiving my weekly business financials, I did not know how to read it. Only thing that I cared about was operating cash. And to understanding your break even, there's a lot more to the equation than just the money that's in the bank. You got to know what's going out and what's coming in. And the only thing that I cared about once I received my weekly financials was like, all right, how much money do I got now? So there were so many times that I was like, man, as soon as the money came, I felt I was being robbed because it was like, I just had to pay up before I even got a chance to touch it and enjoy it. That hurt my feeling. I used to get depressed for a week every month. And that's when rent was due. And it was so bad that I would have one good week out the month. I didn't have to pay anything. And it would just be straight back to the BS of adulthood. It was so frustrating to where I thought like, how can I get out of this? Once I started 
my perspective changed once I started breaking it down on a weekly basis. Being that I'm training people and it's a lot of cash transactions, I was looking at like, yo, what do I need to pay this certain type of bill? How can I break this down? So if my phone bill was $60, $80, I'll break it down to $20 a week. And it doesn't sound much when I could put money aside each week. And every week I'll start off at zero. That helped me a lot. I think that, like we said, we, we have to face the facts of what you're up against and figure out your break even. Because it's not really taught because you're so used to getting trading time for money if you work for your W-2. But when you have your own business, it's different. It's a different ballgame. What happens too is that once you get into entrepreneurship and you start running your own company, everybody automatically think you rich. Yeah. Everybody think you got it like that once you say, yeah, I got my own business. But what they don't understand is when you a new business owner, you really broke for real. People got to give you time to become established. But just because you got a brand, just because you got a company, everybody think you got it like that. Even down to me and Tiana, when her and I both moved to Indy and it came to paying bills, she was like, all right, you got your own, you got the own business. You got to pay rent. You pay all the rent. And I'm like, hold on, time out, time out. <laughs> like we split in rent 50-50 because I don't got it like that yet. She was like, but how? Like you a business owner. I was like, yeah, my bank account is saying something different. My bank account is saying I'm poor. I'm not. My bank account ain't on business owner yet. So you wear suits and the office is named after you. <laughs> you don't got no money. Because I'm new. And when you knew, you got to know, don't let the facade trick you. Because other people will, might be tricked by it, but you got to be true to yourself. I just knew that I couldn't afford to pay rent without her help. And I feel like a lot of the entrepreneurs, man, as soon as they get the title of CEO or president, they feel like they got to take the full bill. And not in the beginning stages, bro. You can't. That's definitely true. Especially being an entrepreneur, young entrepreneur, new to business, and being in a relationship, <laughs> boy. Yo, I've been in a relationship for seven years now. We both started out together, but it was hard. I suggest this. Yo, get your money first, bro. It's so hard to build with someone and build your business at the same time, knowing when to invest, also know when to do certain nice gestures for your significant other. It's very hard. If you had an option, work on yourself, bro. Focus on yourself. <laughs> And then get in a relationship. <laughs> That's really two big obstacles that if you're not built for it, man, it's going to tear you down. And what we said in previous episodes, people start mixing business with pleasure. It becomes a whole different ballgame. You're like, all right, cool. Should I pay them my bills or should I take my significant other out? If you got to choose between those two things, man, everybody want to feel special. And if significant other doesn't feel special, but they don't understand that you're behind on your bills, is just you're gonna be in a sticky situation. But I can say though, it is strength in the struggle because it made me creative. <laughs> it made me turn a Netflix date into Ruth Chris. Started cooking, started trying new recipes, going new places, going to the boardwalk or the beach. No, that's free. I can't say I do appreciate it, but it's tough. Everybody not built for it. Gonna be some arguing, some back and forth. So if you're willing to go through that, then by any means. It's your decision. So when it comes to like people not understanding their break even, have you seen people that just are making a lot of sales, but they're not really making the money that they think they are? Because I feel like there's a lot of people out there that they're like, yo, I'm making sales. People are buying my product or people are using my service. You're really not in the black. In the business, you're either in the red 
which means you're in the negative, or you're in the black, which means you're good. What I do is when people say they're making sales, just to be double advocate, so I'll ask them, what's your expenses? How much do you have to spend to make those certain sales? If they don't have a direct number, then it's pretty much they don't really know if they're profitable or not. They just know that they're making sales. And that's not good as business owners and entrepreneurs. We have to know what's coming out. Because what you make from, if you're selling products, if you're selling shoes, you're selling hair, you're selling water, you still have to subtract what it took to get that product. So whether it's shipping, whether it's packaging, whether it's processing fees, all those has to go along with on your data sheet, on your gross and your net. That is something that has to be in the forefront besides just doing sales. When it comes to making pricing and stuff, right? I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, this is a huge part of making a break even. Let's say we had the Caribbean vegan on the episode and mm. she has to choose a certain price to sell her plates. Every entrepreneur, if you're in the food industry, you got to know like how much does this plate cost to make in order to sell it for a profit. And I feel like sometimes people, they don't understand that. Yeah, you got to do your due diligence based on your industry because if you don't, and you compare it to whoever else is doing it, you don't know what they're getting it for. For example, when it comes to, a lot of people sell waist trainers. Some people sell waist trainers for 60 bucks, some people sell for 50. So if you buying it for, for 40 and you selling for 50, you're not really winning compared to the other person that's getting it for 10, $15. You might be selling more volume, you might be selling more waist trainers then, but you're not winning at the end of the day as far as profit margin. Funny you just said profit margin, because I was gonna say, for our entrepreneurs that don't understand the concept of what margins are or profit margins, how would you explain that to them? It's basically what it costs for you to make your product and what you sell it for. And what you sell it for minus whatever it costs is your profit. And I think that's such a, a key part because there's so many entrepreneurs when it comes to naming their price of what they want to sell something for, they just guess. Have you seen any entrepreneurs when it comes to they got a new product or a service and they don't really know the price that they want to do, so they just guess. I've seen when they look up somebody else's prices and they probably just go $2 under of what they're doing, and then that's their comparative analysis. You got to focus on you first to figure, make sure that you're good because, like you said, if you're not in the black, then that means you're in the red. And if you're just working and not making no money, it's just, yo, what's the point? You're just busy. Yeah, man. I think we don't want our entrepreneurs out there to feel like they're busy in business because we all are in business for two things is one is because we enjoy helping people, right? That's a big part of it. And two is to make money. If you're not in this game to make a good living and to actually enjoy people, there's a lot of other different uh, charitable organizations out there that you could give your time for. But bro, in business, man, we got to eat. If you're not going to eat, you're going to starve. That's how it is, man. And I just want our entrepreneurs to know the difference of what do you want? And because there's two options in this. Let's jump into the next problem, man. So the, the third problem we talked about is I work so hard and I got nothing to show for it. The root of all unhappiness is comparison. And I'll repeat that one more time. I said the root of all unhappiness is comparison. That's what a lot of our entrepreneurs, that's what they struggle with. So here's my experience. My first six months in business, which is again, you know, my, my same example, but I felt like a hamster on a treadmill, man. My first six months in business, most people work six days a week, KB. I was working seven days a week. And 
the reason why I was working seven days a week was I was avoiding things that my business needed. I just felt like there were certain things that I didn't want to learn how to do. So as a result, I overworked myself. Like what you kept saying, I was doing so much busy work. I was just working myself to the floor at the end of each week, man. I was like, yo, I just did 70 hours, man. I made no progress. I started to doubt, am I going to struggle forever? Like there has to be some type of hope. It was just such a, a unfulfilling period in my life that I was like, yo, like, I'm really wasting my time. What am I doing? So in those first six months, did you find yourself comparing your status of business to someone else? Yo, 100%. Like, I felt like I saw some managers or some other business owners that were, like, working four, five days. And I was working seven days, and they were getting better results than me. And I was like, yo, I, I feel like I'm, I'm working backwards. The, that comparison made me work harder but then I was working harder for the wrong reasons. I wasn't like just taking time to analyze my own situation. I was just like, yo, I see that they're doing this many sales. Like I just got to do more sales than them and not realizing that the reason why they're doing more sales is because they got a better team. It's not them. I was the type of business owner that was going out to the field every single day when there were some managers that were spending time on hiring better people, training better people they were getting better results and not ever having to touch the field. And I was like, yo, what am I doing? But I just didn't want to focus on the recruiting side. I just wanted to focus on the sales side. Because there's a difference between working smarter and working harder. I didn't understand that in the beginning part of business, bro. Where we from, all we know is hustle. If we put our blood, sweat, and tears, we can get it. But we also need to realize working smart. If we train other people to put their blood, sweat, and tears, then we can get it either way. You leverage it. I didn't understand that. I really didn't. And that's the thing is part of the struggle. So by you going through the struggle, now you understand that. And now you can teach that to the people that you promote so they don't have to go through that. I'm going to teach them the strength that I was able to build from the struggle. Just like what the title said. What about yourself? Have you had any experiences where you felt like you were working really hard? You had nothing to show for it? Or if you just caught yourself comparing yourself to other trainers or people in, in the real estate industry? I didn't compare myself, but I had nothing to show for it when my family had their hand out for the bills. So they would start pocket watching, go to my Instagram, like, you train all these people, but how you don't got no money? So <laughs> I'm like, yo, I'm in debt. I'm in a lot of debt. So it was one of those things where it's, yo, I have to add value to myself to be in this house. When you were in high school, we had your little hustle. Your money goes all to you. But after high school and I'm not in college, yo, I'm treated as a grown ass man now. But I'm still 19, 18 years old. So that type of pressure made me, all right, I got to do something. But I never compared myself to other people because I knew what I was doing in my situation. Social media doesn't help. That's where everybody compares. Everybody shows their best, what they got, what they about to get, what they receive. I always pride myself not to get caught up in that. I'm glad I didn't because a lot of people at that point in time were winning are not technically winning right now. Not to put them down, I knew I can take my loss now and I'll take um, all my wins later. And that was just my mindset because there's always going to be someone with more than you. You should never compare yourself. You're always going to lose. Such and such has this. You lose when you forget about yourself. Only person you compare yourself to is the old version of you. The comparison thing is such a tough part in business because there's just so many entrepreneurs. That's their biggest downfall, man, is like they just see people that pretend to be winning. 
I definitely agree with what you said is there are so many business owners that I compare myself to in my first few years in business. And I was like, yo, they winning, they doing their thing. I'm doing this wrong. I was trying to compare myself and compete with them. And we say this all the time is business is a marathon, not a sprint. The people that we're comparing ourselves to, I think Drake said it in a quote best. And he was like, yo, we're going to see who's going to be like, who's around 10 years from now. Even till this day, it's only five years in business. And some of the people that I was comparing myself to in the beginning part of entrepreneurship, they back to being employees. They're no longer running their own business. Then I had to like, just tell myself, yo, like what's wrong with you late? You comparing yourself to people that in a year or two won't even be around. Like in high school, I was comparing myself to the scammers that like <laughs> weren't getting it the right way. And I was like, yo, I'm losing. Like, yo, every day they got the new J's and I wanted that. But I'm like, yo, you don't know how someone is getting what they're getting. And you don't know how much debt a person is for them to flaunt like the way that they are. They ruined the game growing up in New York City. The culture is fashion and dressing nice. After you do that, you have all the sneakers and you want to get a nice car. So all these things, you try to keep up with these different material things and you realize that one it doesn't really give you much value after you get it and two people have different means of getting things if you're true to yourself and you're true to your morals and you're doing it the right way then that's the pride that you should stand on and that was my thing is yo i'm happy for where i'm at because i know i didn't cheat nobody to get where i'm at and i earned every dollar that you know that i received that needs to be in the forefront more and glorify besides getting it quick and doing a scheme to get it or scam. Yeah, or hurting people along the way. I think like for our entrepreneurs, one of the biggest things I, I wanna say about they work hard and they have nothing to show for it because they're comparing themselves is unless you and the person you're comparing yourself to has went through all of the same experiences, y'all grew up in the same neighborhood, y'all come from the same family and y'all had the same exact life experiences, that's the only way if you're even should compare yourself because chances are everyone has different experiences. Everyone has different family members. Everyone has different lucky situations that put them maybe ahead of the curve. And sometimes again, you just got to be grateful for where you at, be grateful for what you got. As long as you don't quit, your time is going to come. And when that time comes, I want to see at the end who wins long-term. If you true to this entrepreneurship life, you're going to be willing to put in the work until you get to the finish line. When you said that, it made me think about me being in business the last seven years. I wasn't really profitable head above water until my sixth year. I think that's a big thing for people to realize. They don't have to be like me. On the surface, everybody thought I was winning because I was training so many different people, helping so many different people, getting these crazy kind of results and different connections. And not only that, but real estate as well. Because when you do a real estate deal, oh my God, the whole world think you're rich. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh yeah, you sold the house? Oh, let me borrow this. I'm like, yo, I don't got it like how you think I got it. And even if I did, I wouldn't give it to you. <laughs> but I don't got it like that. By doing these different things and also acting and modeling, those things, they're sexy, they look nice. So they're appealing. So people automatically think you got money. I have money, but not for that. And I'm just putting my ducks in a row little by little. And I'm still not free yet. People need to understand you have to keep going. Keep taking the little steps. That's the only way you get there. It's not going to be a big leap. It can be. But if it's not, just continue being consistent. And that was one thing that I know people always tell me about my brand and my business. 
they say, yo, since you started, you never stop and you always continue. And that's why I really respect you. And I never looked at it from that point of view. I'm looking like, yo, I have to keep going. This is a must. <laughs> if I stop, I don't eat. I only eat what I kill. It was a more internal thing for me. I wasn't even looking at the house. I always say, I stay 10 toes down till I come up. That's what entrepreneurs got to understand. Like this game is not meant for the weak hearted and the small minded. Let's give them some of the solution. We definitely talked a lot about the main problems. We gave them a few of our experiences. So now I want to share our entrepreneurs. How do you gain strength in the struggle? Because the reason why we wanted to choose this topic is to let people know that there really is a lot of value in struggling. The first problem that we said was, I feel like I'm going to be in debt forever. And for all of my entrepreneurs out there that feel like they be in debt forever, my number one solution is this. Rule number one, you have to have hope. If you don't have hope that the situation is going to change, you already lost that battle, man. I was telling KB this the other day. I was like, yo, man, if it wasn't for goals and if it wasn't for knowing that there's a possibility that things could change, I would have given up from year one. When things were tough the first six months, I just had to tell myself that there's a chance that it could get better. And I just had the hope that my situation was going to change. The second part to that is you have to see yourself beyond the struggle. When you're in debt, you got to know that you're not going to be in debt forever as long as you keep pushing it. If you envision yourself for what you want to be and not for where you are, you're going to continue to make progress. I think in the very beginning stages, I had a hard time believing that people like me could have nice things and go to nice places by me reprogramming my mind and telling myself that there's hope in this and that it's a possibility. I start setting goals. Then my whole situation started to change. I started to ask myself, what do I want to do after the struggle? How are things going to be after the struggle? So hope was my biggest guidance throughout when I felt like I was going to be in debt forever. I like that because I'm a man of strong faith. What I got is face the facts. Let me give you a true perspective. Open up that piece of mail from Sally May of Capital One that you've been ignoring for the last couple of weeks. Really know what you're up against. More importantly, be strategic when you're paying down your debt because you're not going to be forever. You have to understand, I have to do A, B, C, and D in order to get where I need to go. But if you just get upset and get frustrated, try not to pursue it in any way or fashion to say life is unfair, why has this happened to me? Then you're going to be in the same spot. Actually, going to be in a worse spot. Do the due diligence for yourself. You can do simple things as talk to a credit specialist, but you might say, all right, KB, I don't have no money to even do credit repair. I'll always be a vouch for Google and YouTube University. Take that, the information that's on there, because a lot of people give value. Just say how we giving value through entrepreneurhood, where they can really break down what's going on. Go to freecreditreport.com to get your free report. Everybody gets one per year and really see the facts, face the facts of what you're up against. If you know what you're up against, it makes it much easier and more attainable. And now what's going on, you call these different credit bureaus and try to negotiate out your situation and know that everything that's on there, you might not have to pay. I learned that from my situation where I thought I had to pay $1,200, end up paying $600 for a certain thing. Everything looks bad on the surface, but when you actually get do your due diligence and get to the nitty gritty details, they just want money. If you owe them 10, you say, I only got two, they'll take it sometime. <laughs> you got to really just have hope, like he said, but also face the facts of what's going on and do your homework. And some things might be so old that you might not have to pay it after a certain amount of time frame. 
because after seven years, I believe most of the stuff, your credit history gets, you know, removed. Yep. So if you're in a six and a half year, you're like, all right, hold, let me be strategic. Let me not even focus on that. Let me focus on my highest interest paying card. But these are the facts that you have to face. So if you never open up that piece of mail, you're not going to know <laughs> what you're up against. That's so tactical, man. Like you're giving them some real clear direction on what they got to do. And one last thing I want to, you know, bounce back off of that is if you guys have never heard of an app called Credit Karma, Credit Karma really paints a clear picture on all of your outstanding debt. I have a couple of employees that had no idea what their credit score was and how much money they owed. And they thought that the amount of money they owed was so much. And then when they looked at it, it was less than $10,000 for all of their debt. And I was like, yo, man, you could fix this in the next eight months. In the next 12 months, you could be debt free. Then they felt a lot more at ease. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the time frame too, because we try to get out of debt in two months when we've been in debt for four years. It doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> that don't add up. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. It's like it's, it's a gradual process. And you're also realizing if you had a stage where you start a new business and you're not really you know, profiting yet, what are you using your credit for now anyway? You got to really think about it. Also understand that there's seasons that use your credit and seasons that are not use your credit. So if you already have so many inquiries, don't worry about the score and neglect even checking your credit. Understand this is where it's at. I remember my score was at 589. Now I'm in a, all close to 800. That took some years. But by me building my credit up, I was able to help my family because I had the leverage and I add them to my accounts as authorized users. You might have to be the one in your family to take that hit or take the, the initial step to better everybody else around you. Some people get discouraged by the score, bro, is that like, this is going to be like this forever. Yeah, it's not. Like you said, man, all you got to do is be intentional about it. Within 12 months, you could go from a 500 to a, over a 600 credit score, like almost 700. A lot could happen in 12 months, man. Second solution we got, man, is about the break even. This is a big issue that a lot of my employees, they struggle with, and especially my new employees. So for anyone who doesn't know, I hire a lot of young business professionals and I teach them how to manage their expenses. Here's my solution for all my entrepreneurs listening. You want to learn how to create a spreadsheet and break down your break even in three different sections. So you want to take all of your expenses and you want to first see what it looks like from a monthly column. And then from a monthly column, right, you want to break it down into a weekly column. How you take your monthly to a weekly is you take your monthly expense, the total amount, and then you divide that by four weeks. So you take the monthly, you divide that by four weeks, and then you're going to learn your weekly break even. And once you understand what you need to make every single week to survive, to make it even more manageable, you can see what your daily break even looks like. So now what you're going to do is you're going to take your weekly break even, and then you're going to divide that by the amount of days you work in a week. For my employees, we work a six-day week. So what we would do is we would take our weekly break even, we would take that number and divide it by six because we work six days and then that's going to give you your daily break even. And for most people who work five days a week, you're going to take your weekly and divide it by five. For anyone listening and they're interested in seeing this Excel spreadsheet that I've created, all you got to do is email us at ask at theentrepreneurhood.com and uh, We'll email you this break-even uh, spreadsheet. 
I think this is going to help out a lot of our entrepreneurs listening because once you see how manageable your monthly, your weekly, and especially your daily, I want to say about 95% of people I show this to have never seen a daily break even. And once you see how manageable it is, it gives you confidence. You feel like you could conquer anything. That's uh, the big key that I got for that. The break even is so important. I actually love seeing it. I don't like doing the work, I'll be honest. I love seeing the final number because from there on, I strategize. I figure out different ways to be creative and market to bring in those sales, to bring in those people to grow your business. And that's where the fun really starts. Is all right, this is the number I need to hit. All right, now I want to double this number. I want to set a goal to go past this number. And I want to include my savings and I want to include my investments within this number. We so caught up in bills that we forget about shooting for the real stuff, the vision, the dreams, the things that we enjoy. Don't let bills take over your life and be, drain you. I think by us understanding that break even, I'm telling you guys, is going to make you feel a lot more confident. Again, if you're interested in KB and I sending you that break even, email us at ask at theentrepreneurhood.com and KB and I will email you that over within a couple of days. So just make sure y'all send that email if you're interested. KB, what's the third solution we got? Third solution we got is stop comparing yourselves to everyone else and show gratitude. You're working for something. You're not working for nothing. You're working to build value and experience. So by you building this value and experience, it's going to help you for the next chapter in your life. Practical thing that you can do that I practice, literally scroll to the bottom of your Instagram where you first started your business page and look at every post and see how much you've grown since then. Appreciate the process. I always catch myself doing this. Every post tells a story for me whether it was a photo shoot, whether it was a training session, it always brings you back to a certain moment. I like to go back in that space and where I thought this was going to be the end all be all. And as I can see, as I keep scrolling up, I persevered. I kept going through it. And I think that we need to really check ourselves a lot of times when we're in a rut and realize we've been through stuff worse than what we're facing right now. Yeah, bro. And I think that's so relevant. If you go back to the beginning stages of where you started, you're able to build off of that and you see the growth, it's going to make you smile because you're like, yeah, man, like I'm grateful that I see the growth that I've been able to accomplish. My solution for people who feel like they don't have nothing to show after all of their hard work is this. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean you haven't gained anything valuable. I'll say that again. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean you haven't gained anything valuable. A lot of people what I believe that they want is they want really shiny things. They want new toys to justify that they're successful. The most important thing of what you could gain from different experiences and different opportunities and different struggles is the skills and the non-tangible thing. They're just as good, if not better than what actually meets the eye. So just because someone doesn't look like they're not winning doesn't mean they're not winning. I think a lot of people, what they see is like, uh, it looks like that person isn't doing so hot. It doesn't look like that person is doing good. That's what they assume. And they're not understanding that there's certain people that just because they don't have fancy things. That doesn't mean that they're not doing well. Sometimes people, they have different priorities. For all of the entrepreneurs listening, man, don't worry about having anything to show for it. Worry about gaining some skills and some non-tangible things. And this is a big part of being successful is your mental. It's just as important as your financial skills. You had to have be mentally strong that 
you're on the right path. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. This is your business. This is something that you created. You know, this was in your dream. This was in your notes. So if you feel like it's not holding no value to it, then it's not going to pursue you to do it. It's not going to attract people to it because everything is going to show. The more time you spend thinking about what others have, the less time you have to focus on your brand. Please stop comparing yourself to everyone else. For all of our entrepreneurs that's out there, man, like, just make sure you understand that every obstacle that life throws at you, as long as you keep going, you go and gain something out of it as long as you don't give up. The reason why we decided to name this Strength in the Struggle is there's always something to learn. And the only way you stop growing is when you stop trying. My last takeaway is for the entrepreneurs out there, just understand that every successful person you're inspired by struggled at one point in time in their life. You only know them because they persevered through their circumstances. Whether your struggle is financial, mental, or physical, don't let it stop you. Face the facts, make a game plan, then execute. Keep pushing. Your story will help someone else one day. Entrepreneurhood. Anyone can start, but only champions finish. Now that you've completed this episode, you're ready to continue your journey by connecting directly with our hosts of Entrepreneurhood. Follow us on Instagram at The Entrepreneurhood to stay updated with the community. For each episode, the first set of listeners to tag us on Instagram and leave a five-star review will be entered into a drawing to get a free one-on-one coaching session on the topic of entrepreneurship with our hosts. Remember, there is no shame in struggling because we fail, we grow, and we win right here on Entrepreneurhood.